Welcome to the panel. Uh, NZ National coming up on the program. Low-income New Zealanders speak about life during lockdown. Fear and a sense of isolation were common themes. As published in the New Zealand Medical Journal, we talk about that this afternoon. Also, MPs have launched an inquiry into what has been described as New Zealand's truancy crisis. Currently, only three out of five kids in Aotearoa are attending school regularly, a long-running issue in New Zealand. What can be done? And Boris Johnson has announced today that most British troops will have left Afghanistan almost 20 years after they and New Zealand sent troops into the country. What was achieved in Afghanistan? Al Gillespie on that. And one of New Zealand's big retailers on the top 10 toys of the last 10 years. And the biggest seller will announce that. We'll talk about that at a, uh, later on in the program. But what was the toy of choice when you were growing up? Uh, uh, we'll talk to, about that later. But for me, it was... Um, anyone remember the Magna Doodle? Ah, oh, that was good. Ah, no, I have no, the no Magna idea. Doodle. It was really something. So, what is the Magna Doodle? Uh, with us <laughs> to discuss Linda Hallinan, journalist and former editor of NZ Gardener. Kia ora, Linda. Hi. And the comedian Ed Amon. Ed, kia ora, welcome to the program. Kia ora, Tefano. Now, good to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. Uh, and uh, we will have yours very, very soon. But so, you, do you know the Magna Doodle? No, I have no idea um, what it. Uh, it sounds like a big thing that you make doodles with. I don't know. Well, you tell them, Linda. <laughs> well, I don't know how you'd explain it, but it's like a drawing pad filled with sand and, a, and you use a magnet to draw on it. That's the one. Oh, like, it's like an etch sketch sort of. Wipe it clean. Yeah. Very big. And then eventually it would break down a bit and the sand would stay stuck even if you cleaned it. <laughs> so your pictures weren't quite as cool. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was just a bat and a ball. Okay, so the biggest toys of the last decade, and what is the toy that really you stayed with you uh, over the years? So uh, you can text us on that. Uh, now, dipping into the Friday mailbag this afternoon, uh, Raven Khan yesterday said the football was an example of colonialism, um, and someone just emailed in about that. A little perspective on the football from someone who's actually played the game in New Zealand. <laughs> 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 Kiwis are brought up on football, English football. It is what we're supposed to, uh, or supposed to, we're exposed to all our lives. It's all we had pre-digital. We're coached by expat English. We're ingrained into the sport over here. I suppose I support Spurs because my coach did. I support England because I know the players and have lived the ups and downs over the years. Easy on the colonial rubbish. It's just ignorance, is this person's view. I don't know what you reckon about this. Ed, are you a football fan? Well, yeah, I'm a huge uh, football fan, and I'm a huge Italian football fan, <laughs> so um, <laughs> suck it. Um, it's, um, no, it's, I, I know that colonialism uh, situation might be going a little bit forward, but I think uh, the this, this thing about England is every time in every tournament after a couple of wins, um, the media gets on top of it and there's always this hope. So people always like this message of hope that it's going to happen and obviously it doesn't happen every time. <laughs> so I'm, uh, it's, I think it's a little bit of overhype, but uh, essentially... Yeah, it gives Italy some a year, a year as well. You know, my favourite comment on the whole thing was somebody who said that England are the most like non-Italian Italian team 
to get through. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're playing each other, bit of defending, Are not you a much fan? good at story. No, but you know what? I was raised on it because yeah, we used to spend so like this, Sunday like afternoons person. watching big league soccer with my dad, and we used to make toasted sandwiches and cups of tea for mum mm. and dad, and we mm. all sat round. I don't know why we sat round and watched the soccer. And what yeah. about in Pakistan? Uh, is, is, is football huge there? Uh, yeah, football. It, it, football is becoming huge, especially in my province of Sindh. We have a specific group of people who play the uh, sport quite wholeheartedly and uh, that got me into football and my dad was in the UK so I was a Manchester United fan. I'm still is a Manchester United fan. Um, really? Yeah. So to the point of colonialism, how, what, what's, what, how do you sort of reconcile that, what Raven was saying? I don't know. I, I take it because, I mean, cricket was the biggest colonial thing that happened and we, we wanted it and in tea. the end. So uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? It's fine. <laughs> now, Claire Robinson yesterday on the programme said that there were far too many cafes in New Zealand. That got a big response. Uh, interestingly... 80% of people agreeing with her. Wallace, far too many rubbish, grubby cafes and restaurants in Wellington. Most have disgusting bathrooms, which is usually indicative of their kitchens and food handling processes. I would be happy for a few really good ones with good ambience and service where I don't feel in fear of food poisoning. I've owned cafes in the past and I'm appalled at the general standard. I, I'm personally of the view that I, I don't know if there are too many cafes. There's... Do you know the weirdest thing about cafes? So where we live, we live south of Auckland, just mm off the motorway and so there's all these motorway service centres that are popping up everywhere and every time they open one they put in a couple of cafes so there's a new coffee club for example at the Bombay okay. roundabout mm. and they open it one day full the next like where were all these people eating before yeah. they just <laughs> they open a cafe people turn up it's so weird. they're obviously used huh yeah it's, that's, it's, it's a supply and demand well, does anybody thing. make their own lunch anymore do you ever take a, like, who, I mean, you give your kids a pack lunch for school, but does everybody, anyone else? Everybody takes their, makes their own lunch. Who makes their own lunch? Everybody. I can tell you that every cafe out there is proving you wrong. <laughs> if everyone took their own lunch, there'd be nobody in those cafes. You don't take your own lunch to work? Well, I work from home, but so if, sometimes I take it out of the fridge. Yeah, but, but, but if you used to work in the office... Oh, God, what, no. No? Never. No, never. No, 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 no never. I uh, just walk down, go to Hello Mister... Get yeah. some good noodles somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, two one zero one. Prove these people wrong. <laughs> I think you're going to lose. Although you won't. Do read you reckon? Them. He won't read them to us. Right, right, we'll, do if a, we're... we'll do a we'll do a poll. Yeah. But do, you, do you take your own lunch to work? Yes or no? Yeah, I don't. If I don't you're take over my the age of fifteen, for example, do you take your own? Okay. Don't take your own lunch. Support local business. Uh, now, uh, on another topic. Uh, I will end on this one actually. This is Jock Anderson's uh, love story. He basically said that he has a fiance, and I think it was Scotland, uh, and uh, unable to see her because of the COVID, and he's dying to see her again, actually to get married and just to sort of be together. Uh, Margaret said, uh, I thought, how wonderful. I'm not alone, as I too am locked out from my partner. Being of the older side of 50... You know what feels right, but have established lives already. This means you may not have lived together, the all-important requirement for immigration, but you know that you have a life together. I, too, video call twice a day to my partner in Bedford, UK. COVID thwarted us all. He was due to fly out in March to see if we could really have a life together. Alas, COVID has gotten in the way, so video calls it is. Jock, you're not alone. While we await the borders to open, we carry the silent grief within. 
I was just going to say something terribly flippant then because I thought maybe she was going to offer just to go and visit Jock and like. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. They, they have their own lives. No, it is a but hard. That's a really a, hard one if you've been well, separated by the borders. It's such a hard thing to go through, and the, this thing blocking you from uh, meeting someone that you love wholeheartedly. Mm. And obviously, Jock's story was amazing. I was listening to it. I was, and he was so low key about it. He started, oh, "I'm going to do this," and as much a childhood sweetheart, and this happened. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is a whole novel. What the hell's happening here?" And uh, and. Obviously, people had short memories, and then he got, you know, and, and later people were asking him about housing stuff. But um, it, it's just such an amazing story. I think he should just write about it. But isn't also the best part of any relationship that beginning bit when you don't know if it's going to work out or not? Yeah. Do you, know what Do I mean? you think like, so? You imagine wait- the intrigue and the drama and the lust that he's getting right. to experience instead. Yeah. Well, it happened when they were teens first, and now it's happening That's again, right. which is amazing. No, you listen yeah. to it. We, might, we might replay it next week, actually. Yeah. Um, but are you, are you saying that, are you saying to Margaret, look on the bright side of life, that... that, that, that keep... well, it hasn't ended yet, hasn't has it? Ended. This is a thing. Like, yeah. I mean, it could be that this will make you appreciate it much more okay. than right. when you do actually... You know, love, unrequited love is... You know, it's yeah. misery, isn't mm-hmm. it? But requited love, well, that doesn't always last either, so... It will happen. We're with you. OK. Tēnā kōrua, nāi mai hoki mai ano ki I've been thinking, Ed, he aha o whakaaro, you first. What have you been thinking about? Well, I've... Um, recently what I've done is that I uh, quit my nice, cushy job. Um, that was... Uh, last. My last day was Tuesday. And I've decided to start doing a post-grad degree, um, which I thought initially was an amazing decision that I've made. But listening to Wallace Chapman's uh, radio program, it started to make me nervous. And I heard about superannuation and all that. I said, oh, my God, all this money I could have saved. Um, but... Um, I reflected and I had a chat with my wife as well. We got the finances, we can do it. New Zealand is fantastic. I've, I will get it. I've got approved for a student loan. And um, yeah, it's going to be a new journey uh, doing postgrad degree for one year. And it's the main reason behind it is that my whole life I've been wanting to do a non business mm. degree because my parents wouldn't allow me. But now I'm quite independent. I was like, okay, I'm interested <laughs> in this topic. I'm going to do a degree in it. I think you're going to be packing your lunch too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of what, huge response. <laughs> uh, really, uh, Kiara Wallace, yes, I am uh, uh, under 15. I do take my own lunch. It's a way of saving money. Uh, sorry, over 15. I buy coffee every day, but not good. Cafe food is so expensive and often disappointing, so I'm not sure how the vote was going to go. Uh, another one here, too many cafes, not enough chefs. I'm a grown-up who takes my lunch to work so I can justify buying a decent coffee at a nice, clean cafe. Isn't this the weirdest thing, though? So people will make their own lunch so they can spend five bucks on a coffee. Like, you can make a coffee for 50 cents max. No, 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 but there's nothing like a really well-made coffee coffee by a tra- highly trained barista. But wouldn't you rather but, but, have a but, really good lunch? No, well, you could, Once the, every second The really day? good lunch comes from home. Oh, actually, no, that's not oh, true. No. That's not necessarily well, yeah, true. Well, food court, like, you know, some of the... Um, the inner city food courts, they make such good food for far less than you could ever make it yourself. Yeah, roast and peas I'd and rather have an instant coffee sandwich. and a really yeah. good, delicious lunch yes, than a good coffee. I work shift work in Wellington City and 95% of the time I take my own breakfast, lunch and dinner. Who can afford to eat out at city prices all the time? I do frequent the odd cafe on days off, though. All right, Linda, I've been thinking. Well, <laughs> I, um, I've been thinking that I don't really like winter. We've had some stinking frosts and it just wrecks the garden and it makes me quite grumpy. And so 
I have been thinking, though, about what a joy it is to have fingerless gloves. And I know this makes me sound, and look, because, listeners, I'm wearing some, um, they do look very 80s, don't they? Do you know <laughs> that I haven't seen a fingerless glove actually worn in person since 1985? Well, there you go. But you know what? They are such a joy because you can carry on doing things outside. Like, you know, when you get in the car to take the kids to the school bus stop in the morning, because that's what we do in the country, and you've defrosted the ice off the front, and it's so cold, but, your but, fingers are stuck on the wheel, put your little gloves on, off you go. But fingerless look at, gloves. But, but look at you. I know I look like an idiot, don't I? But No, but, I'm not no. saying you don't, but I'm just saying that no one else wears them. Well, can I also say on the subject of gloves, so a couple of weeks ago I got a very random email from a guy called Hayden James. I have no idea who he is. Lives in the South Island. He said, hey, what sort of gloves do you wear? And I said, why? And he said, I've got some in my shed. Would you like mm. them? I'm like, okay. And so today about 500 pairs of gloves turned up in my letterbox. All right. And you've got, you've got I've some here. I've got a selection. Some there are some green ones and some Have you, rubber uh... gloves, gardening gloves. Look at these ones. These are yellow dishwashing gloves with a fair trim. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have no idea what the story behind this is. Give me a look at those. These ones, well, they've got another pair inside them, so you can mix and match. So what what I've got right here is uh, the (laughs) standard dishwashing glove with... Seriously, it's got wool, a, it's wool got around a, the edge. Well, yeah. it's got an actual another glove inside with fur on it, you see. What's the what's the purpose of this? I don't know, but you know what? I think sometimes so, if you want to make someone's day, just yeah. like pick someone at random. Obviously, I like gardening, so that's why he's got in touch. Isn't this, isn't and this, send me a present. I'm yeah. happy with that. Isn't this like having carpet in the toilet? <laughs> Yeah. It's bizarre. But you don't. It's, uh, I think it's quite nice. Well, have you put them through the washer? Not yet. Oh, no. you got to do that. But first, see, I mean, look at these ones. They've got like a little trim, like a cupcake. Right. I've got an article right here. Fingerless gloves are on the rise. Uh, Karl Lagerfeld used to wear fingerless gloves. Oh, there you go. You heard it here, here first. We're such trendsetters. Mind you, the article was from 2009. I just okay, realised. Anyway. Slow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The panel, Friday afternoon, Linda Helen, Edamon with me. Stay listening. <laughs>